0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File, conversations that change the way you lead. I'm Andy Peck. This week we're going to look at how a leader cares for themselves. It's a topic that's fraught with dangers. Of course we're aware that Christian leaders need to take up their cross daily to follow Christ. Self-denial is a given we are aware too that some leaders can be unhelpfully introspective and self-focused. But being aware of those dangers, it's still very true that a degree of self-care is necessary. It was certainly practiced by Jesus himself and has been on the list of wise practices as saints down the ages have sought to marshal their physical and spiritual resources for a lifetime of service. Joining me to talk about this topic is Marcus Honeyset, whose charity Living Leadership was partly set up to encourage church leaders to be wise in their approach. So welcome back to Leadership File, Marcus.
1: Thanks, Andy. It's nice to be back.
0: So um, first, congratulations. Living Leadership is now 10 years old. You started just before this radio show uh, was first aired. Where did those 10 years go? (laughs) Indeed. So uh, now I've read some leadership gurus who argue that as much as 50% of a leader's time needs to be on learning, self-care and personal reflection. That sounds a little high to me, but you would agree it's an important thing to do?
1: Yes, I certainly would. I don't know about uh, percentages, but there's an undeniable link between flourishing in leadership and the care that we give to our hearts. If as leaders and pastors we're walking closely with the Lord and we're walking closely with others who sustain us while we're giving out, then we'll be spiritually healthy. And if we're not, the chances of burnout really soar through the roof because we start to give not out of the overflow of what God's doing in us, but out of our emptiness. And that's unsustainable, but I think it's pretty common.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're going to, um, in the course of our conversation, I'm sure reflect a little bit on, on the way in which you and the charity, Living Leadership, have been working to try and support church leaders to develop mindsets and lifestyles that are sustainable in the long term. Um, and we've sp- and we've spoken of this before in the leadership file, but um, uh, if you compare the kind of issues um, that came up 10 years ago when you started the charity, I wonder um, whether they're the kind of similar things 10 years later or whether maybe your insights have, have changed as you've been mixing with, with church leaders, etc.?
1: I think there are some encouragements compared with 10 years ago. I do meet more and more pastors who recognise they need to give time to receiving spiritually from the Lord in order to have healthy ministries. And I meet more and more who are thinking very carefully about the dangers of sacrificing family for church every time there's an urgent pastoral call. Uh, That's a good thing. Um, One thing I don't think we see is very much different to 10 years ago is that many churches simply don't identify and resource leadership before they need extra capacity. I think, if anything, that's become worse. And the consequence of that is leaders are always pushed to the outside edge of what it's possible to do. And when you don't have margins in your life, then what goes is uh, your worship life, your prayer life, um, your uh, walking with the Lord in the scriptures, your fasting, uh, your wisdom and living with no margins is a pretty dangerous and unsustainable
0: place to live a life in Christian leadership. Absolutely. Um, um, I mean, just to supplement your questions and comments to, to, to that, really, um, there have been those who would argue that uh, in order to grow a church, you, you appoint staff before you need to. Yeah. There's that kind of principle. Um, but you're also saying that maybe um, we need just for the staff that exists to have a bit more margin in order to, uh, to kind of live in a sustainable way. So actually it's not just about looking for growth, but actually looking for sustainability.
1: One of the interesting things about church growth is that if we don't appoint leaders proactively to need, then exactly the point that your church is growing to the limit of what people can currently do uh, is exactly the same point at which their spiritual life gets squeezed out. And there's a balance there that really is is unsustainable. So we need to both look to develop leadership proactively to need. Every rapidly growing church I know in the country is doing that. That's one of the, the key features is looking to develop leaders proactively to need. But making sure that our existing leaders are spiritually well cared for is crucial. Because if they're not, why should we have confidence that they're going to have anything to feed us with when we come to church on Sunday? So they need to be leading out of a place of uh, habitual walking with the Lord and wisdom. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, are are there any ideas or maxims about self-care that have have strengthened in your thinking as you've worked with church leaders firsthand?
1: Uh, I really believe that we're made up out of our habits. Uh, Everybody has habitual ways of doing things. Some are positive in that they work for us, some are negative, they work against us. Uh, when i meet a christian leader who's running on empty my very first question to them is what's your job description uh, do you know what you're expected to do and not to do because in the absence of that kind of clarity the temptation is always upwards to more and more activity and that tends to take away from spiritual habits of a healthy uh, walk with the lord so let me tell you about uh, one minister that i met uh, several months ago who showed me the list of his responsibilities and it just went on and on, page after page after page, and it was clearly killing him. But he had no opportunity to change it or to drop things or to scale back. So it's unachievable. It was expected. He had normalised for him and his family and the church the fact that he would try to do the list, and now he couldn't really get out of it. But he was worried uh, that he had colluded in a system that was bound to fail. And the question is, is it going to take him out with it before he gets the chance to, to renegotiate it? One of three things happens in that situation either you 're going to preactively going to renegotiate it or you 're going to run away from it or you 're eventually going to get destroyed by it and have a heart attack. But in the process, the critical thing is to proactively adopt some systems and structures that make sure your spiritual life is the thing that 's keeping you worshipping, receiving from god 's word, praying,
0: delighting yourself in the Lord, and you never drift into that stuff. Hmm. Do you think when he presumably had at some point, he you know had an interview with the church and they would have said something like, you know, this is the kind of thing we expect of you. Do you think it was naive of him to have accepted that? Or was it a kind of just, just the, the reality of not being aware that actually things take as much time as they do. I think it's probably both and in this case. I think there are many
1: churches and I think whole denominations and streams where the idea of a job description for people in pastoral ministry is unusual. And therefore you get clear blue water between the expectation of the person who's appointed to do the job and the expectations of everybody else uh, really quite rapidly. Um, I know folk who either don't have job descriptions or who have messianic job descriptions <laughs> yes, indeed. and uh, uh, that's really not a sustainable thing but you collude in it because you're conscientious you love the lord you love the people you really want to serve them and it's after a while that you realize that you have normalized things that are unsustainable
0: yeah yeah um, and the, the the tough thing for the you know, the minister is that they are tied in the sense that it's not easy to suddenly say, "Well, I'll go go for another job." And, and indeed, because <laughs> c- there's a calling, it's it's not it's not negotiable, is it? For them? no, it really isn't negotiable. I mean, you get all kinds of other things as well.
1: I'm not saying that the pressure on pastors is any greater than the pressure on folk in other professions, mm-hmm. but it is different in that you, you you do take the work home with you. <laughs> you can't really easily escape. The church may own the house that you live in. And you have the great joy of being the focus for many people's hopes and aspirations for the church, but if you're not careful, also the focus of every piece of criticism in the church. And uh, that's an emotionally quite vulnerable place to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I hinted in the introduction that, that Jesus in, engages in, in self-care, by which I mean, of course, his practice of withdrawing into the hills to pray, the record of him taking the disciples away to a quiet place, although, of course, it wasn't quiet for very long, and um, that said, it was clear that Jesus had periods of exhaustion. Uh, the Apostle Paul was not averse to hard work. So uh, I'm kind of um, leading up to a question about, you know, those who say Christian ministry is tough. Get used to it. This, to- this talk about self-care is just uh, is us pandering to those who are already in quite, um, quite pampered existence already.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm not quite sure really what the question is out of that, but I suppose (laughs) the thing I want to say is this, that I want my uh, church leader to be the most refreshed, the most uh, vibrant, the most in the scriptures, the person with the liveliest prayer life in the church, the most cared for, because otherwise why should I have any confidence he's going to have anything to feed me with when I come to church on Sunday? Uh, It's not just Christian ministry that's tough. Christian ministry is tough, but lots of jobs are tough. And, you know, maybe there is an element of... It attracting sensitive and pastorally minded people who do need to toughen up a bit. We're in a battle after all. But while the pressures might not be greater, I do think that they are different. I think there are some unique pressures on Christian pastors, particularly what I said before, being the focus of every piece of hope for everybody in the church and every piece of criticism. Now you add on top of that how many people is a pastor meant to be able to have a meaningful relational connection with? with jesus it was 12 the irony is of course that when a church grows people lose that relational connection because of the growth so criticism tends to come at exactly the point that the pastor's is already the most stretched and without resources to to deal with it mm. and then i guess you add into that the collapse of clear boundaries and ministering at the edge of capacity and it has the potential to seriously disrupt a, a healthy sense of identity one assistant minister said to me recently Nobody at my training college told me that when you work for a church, your work, your non-work, your church life, your family life, and your leisure time, which were all previously distinct, now become blurred. Um, The identity markers that function for most people, their work, their accomplishments, their life boundaries, Mm. their family, can simply stop working for, for pastors and families. But, you know, we live out of our identity. We pastor from our identity. And we minister out of the overflow of a healthy spiritual life with the Lord. And when your discipleship dries up, so does your ability to fulfil your pastoral calling.
0: Sure. And and of course, and if your identity is is a slight, slightly a false one because you've you created a an appropriate persona for meeting the expectations that you can't meet because nobody's going to go around being grumpy and unpleasant, then then that's 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 exhaustion waiting to happen isn't it?
1: Yes it is. A few weeks ago a good friend of mine Tanya Marlow wrote a great piece on the Premier blog that uh, listeners can look at about how churches can be more authentic and transparent and how she'd like her church leaders to, to model that more and I think that's great and we should. Leaders should be chief repenters and forgivers. People are meant to see our progress but If you're giving out all the time, a lot more than most people, to the very limit of your emotional capacity, and you're the sole focus for everything anybody doesn't like in the church, asking for more transparency is a really big ask, you know? Um, If the expectations are unmeetable or contradictory, or people think that your job should depend on being sinless... That makes authentic exposure really difficult, I think, for leaders. And if you're feeding everybody else, and probably this is this is a chief point for me, if you're feeding everybody else but nobody is feeding you, so that your spiritual energy levels and those of your family are always depleted, that's a recipe for perpetually spiritually unfresh leaders.
0: Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Marcus Honeysett, who's the founding director of Living Leadership. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Marcus Honeysett. His charity Living Leadership was uh, partly set up to encourage church leaders to be wise in the way they function. And uh, particularly in terms of self-care, and that's the the topic of our uh, our show today. How do we uh, maintain uh, our, our ministry for the long haul by making sure that we have appropriate um, focus upon God and a appropriate uh, mix of uh, of both what we might call work and play and leisure, etc. And so we're talking about this, and in, in order to encourage um, our hearts, and particularly. Uh, Your heart is listening to this as you seek to to walk with Christ. So um, you'll be aware, Marcus, that some church members are are sceptical about self-care. I've hinted at that uh, before the break. They would point to the lack of time they have for self-care with commutes, challenging work maybe a family to care for they don't have much time for self-care so why should this be a priority for their pastor now you've hinted at this already in 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 the the things you've said in answer to the question but can you perhaps explore the particular challenges a a pastor faces that that may not be apparent to the church um and i think this is Mm. this this you know and, and obviously many many of those listening are not pastors and leaders they are part of the membership of a church and perhaps are unaware of the sort of challenges that their their leaders face
1: so the the old saying is that a pastor is six days invisible and one day incomprehensible. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, yes. Um, people simply don't know what their pastors do. Mm. And um, uh, churches have no idea, for example, how long it takes to prepare a sermon, how long uh, folk are spending in um, uh, confidential pastoral situations in which they are mm. giving out and draining that the church can't and shouldn't know about, how much it is appropriate for them to spend time praying for the ministry during the week, um, I think that uh, lots of folk think that uh, Christian leaders actually don't do a great deal. And the pastor doesn't work as hard as they do, uh, and they're just wrong about that. Uh, pastors work extremely hard, many hours a week. They just do it differently, but frequently at the outside limit of capacity. But I think it comes down to this. If you want a church that's full of love, acceptance, transparency, where you can be honest about yourself and your hopes and your struggles with sin, uh, then you have to have leaders who are encouraged in the Lord and not crushed by the weight of responsibility or unmeetable expectations or fear of criticism. If, if, if we want church to be a mirror of God's unconditional love to everybody in it, then the leaders need to be recipients of that uh, as well. If they are not spiritually fresh, if they're rushed off their feet, if they're insecure, if they don't have opportunities to receive input when they're feeding everybody else, if if they're isolated, without supportive, loving teams, do not expect church to be a good experience for you. Mm. It boils down to that at the end of the day. If you want a church that is vibrant and spiritually alive... Don't expect it from crushed, isolated leaders.
0: Welcome back to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week, Marcus Hunnishet. So, Marcus, in your work with Living Leadership, would you say you've, you've rescued many from burnout?
1: I'm not sure that, uh, that it's us that's rescued. I think the Lord has rescued many from burnout, and what we've done is hear and follow him in providing a context in which that can happen, uh, particularly with our pastoral refreshment conferences. But basically a regular grace oasis does that. It does that when you build it in early in leadership so that your regular expectation is receiving from the Lord. Um, it, It does it later on when you know that you're kind of on your last legs and all of a sudden you realize there's an opportunity to be encouraged and to receive input. But I guess three things we've noticed over the period would be firstly that regularity of input is key, making sure that our spiritual inputs are greater than our spiritual outputs on a frequent basis. Otherwise, after a while, we start to run on empty. The second thing would be that depth of real spiritual friendship for leaders and spouses is critical. And we can't do that with what we do at our conferences alone. So what we do is encourage people to set up small groups for caring for themselves spiritually in between times. And the third thing we've noticed over the period, is it's far easier to think about the burnout patterns and needs of pastors than those of their families. And it's easier to think about the needs of married pastors than Christian leaders who are single. Uh, singles and spouses, we think, carry huge burdens, and they get even less input than everybody else. So we want to make a special effort with them. And yeah, I think we've seen um, um, a fair degree of success so far. Just helping people ask questions like, how do you live in the love of God at home? What are your current sources of soul care? Are they adequate to your needs and those of your family? Just puts it out there on the table and makes people aware that it's okay to not live on the edge of
0: the red zone all the time. Great. Well, thank you. That's that's super to hear. Um, I mean, it's said that weariness can come from from thriving situations as well as tough ones and uh, i'm just wondering what proportion of folk that you work with are exhausted because things are going so well and what proportion are just seeing very little fruit and they feel they're banging their heads against a brick wall
1: i'm not sure i have uh, percentages for you certainly we see both of those Um, as i said before the temptation in ministry is to work without margins in our lives Uh, we want to be maximally useful to the lord and his church with the time that he's given us But the trouble is that that means that we tend to live on the red line all the time and we establish patterns when we're young in life and leadership that we think are sustainable and will last forever, but they don't last forever and our energy levels don't last. And uh, what we see happen then is either you reach a set of pastoral crises that you just don't have energy or time for or you have a tragedy in your family. Or to come back to your question about um, when things are going well, if your church is growing but without increasing its leadership team, then what happens is that the existing leaders start to spin more and more plates and some of them start to fall and then criticism starts to come at precisely the point that you're at the outside edge of what you can do because things are going so well and you get into a vicious circle that really has to do with not having had spare capacity to start with. If you think about Moses and Jethro, when Moses was exhausted, it was because things were going well with his judging of the people, and Jethro said, but this is going to take you out sooner or later. You've got to do something about this. If, um, if you know you're at that point and things are not renegotiable at that point, you are certainly going to face exhaustion in a situation where things are going well and your church is growing because the demands on you accelerate away from you and they grow more rapidly than your ability to deal with them. Yeah.
0: Uh, And you mentioned uh, this Spiritual Refreshment uh, Conference. It's an annual one that you run for for leaders. Tell me a bit about that and the the dates uh, that are coming up.
1: Yeah, we uh, run uh, two um, what we call pastoral refreshment conferences, 8th to the 10th or 10th to the 12th of February 2016. It's the highlight of my year for church leaders and spouses. Uh, This year is our 10th anniversary. It's called Jesus the Pastor. They're quite small and intimate. They're about and 10 people each uh, there are still spaces available on both of them i love the person who said to me i've finally found the antidote to christian conferences because it's just such a blessing for my soul and uh, there's just such a wonderful balance of word and spirit and delight in jesus that's what we want to do for folk with the pastoral refreshment conference and um if there are church leaders and spouses listening in get in touch look at our website we'd love to see you with us
0: and, and the mention of spouses, of course, is important. You, you reflected earlier that um, b- burnout can sometimes occur just not th- through pastors but spouses too, and that's often often women, wives. Um, you, you've always encouraged uh, spouses to, to come on that kind of conference because often they get left out.
1: Uh, yes, um, absolutely. Uh, The three of us who started the conference 10 years ago made very sure uh, right early on that we um, got hold of our wives and said, listen, we want to create something that is genuinely for you too, not something that's for us that we really hope you'll like. So uh, right from the word go, it's been a conference where spouses have had lots of input on what the particular needs for them attached to ministry are. And... uh, yeah, somebody said to us a couple of years ago, uh, the two particular distinctives here are a, a real smell of grace and a genuine uh, treatment of, of spouses as equal partners in in ministry and leadership. Uh, so yeah, spouses, come along,
0: you'll you'll love it. The lovely. Well, that's fantastic. Well, uh, Marcus, it's been terrific to chat with you about about self-care, and I I, I sense that this is a, a topic that for for many listening will be will be key. And um, you know, let's let's trust and pray that uh, that that folk are able to get the care that they need, and give the time and the energy, and if if necessary, the resources to to make sure that happens.
1: Amen. I think one last thing to say is make sure that you get the care that you need before you think you need it, because unless you establish this early on
0: in life and leadership, it's much more difficult later on. Yeah, splendid. Well, you've been listening to Leadership Far with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Marcus Honeysett. Marcus is the Uh, Founding Director of uh, Living Leadership. Uh, Those conferences again, uh, the Pastoral Refreshment Conference, is 8th to the 10th of February or the 10th to the 12th of February. Um, And Marcus, presumably people can access the information, the booking via the Living Leadership website.
1: That's right, www.livingleadership.org.
0: Fantastic. Uh, So thank you for your company today. Uh, Do log on to Premier's own website, www.premier.org.uk. And you can go to the radio section and the uh, on-demand section. You can listen to this recording, and then go to iTunes if you, uh, if, uh, after a month or so, you can uh, find other recordings of the leadership file, uh, which you can download to your listening device. Look forward to your company again next Sunday at three thirty.